Henry Every is probably the most successful pirate that you have never heard of. He is arguably the most successful pirate of the golden age of piracy, and his actions have been highly romanticized throughout fictional history, so much so that he was dubbed the King of Pirates. Unlike others of his time, like Blackbeard and Calico Jack, Henry Every's greatest success was that he was able to slip the authorities and disappear without consequence. Or did he? I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. Henry Every was born in Devon, England, somewhere around 1653. He followed in his father's wake and embarked on a career at sea, beginning with a position as a mate on a merchant vessel. And by 1690, he had joined the Royal Navy and served as a midshipman of the HMS Kent and the HMS Rupert. Little else is known about Every before he gained infamy in the Western Atlantic and the Indian Ocean, although a great many fictions have been attached to his early years. In 1694, Every joined the privateering ship Charles II, which was part of an expedition funded by the Spanish crown to attack buccaneers and French smugglers in the Caribbean. But even this life was too slow for Every, and he soon became involved in slave trading and piracy himself, with most of his dealings running throughout the Bahamas. It all started when the Charles II was docked at La Coruña in Spain in May of 1694. While the captain was drunk one night, Every roused a hundred of the crew to a mutiny. The mariners had grown restless after several months in port with their wages not being met, so it didn't take much to convince them to a more lucrative career. Every was only the second mate on the Charles, but the mutineers voted him their new captain. Every renamed the ship the Fancy and headed for Madagascar in the Indian Ocean, joining forces with two other pirate crews on the way. When he reached the coast of Africa, the former captain and those crew who had not supported the mutiny were put in a small boat and directed to row for the shore, otherwise known as Left for Dead. Captain Every began his pirate career before he even arrived in the Indian Ocean. En route, he captured three English merchant vessels in the Cape Verde Islands and two Danish ships off San Tome before proceeding down the western coast of Africa. Every even captured a French pirate ship in the Comoros Islands, the vessel being on its way round the Cape of Good Hope. Every was one of the most feared pirates of the Red Sea. His reputation gave him the opportunity to organize a pirate's fleet, another conquest that he was greatly successful in. Famous pirate captains such as Thomas Tew, William Want, Thomas Wake, and William May were eager to sell under his leadership. With five ships under his command, he was powerful enough to attack even the most well-armored treasure ships, which were sailing between India and the Middle East. The biggest catch of Henry Every's career was Gangisawa. It was part of a convoy of ships belonging to the Grand Mogul of India. Every prowled the Indian Ocean, where he secured his largest prize in September of 1695. The treasure ship owned by the Mogul Emperor Aurangzeb head of the Mughal Empire of India. The Janji Sawai was a floating trove of riches. 
The vessel had about 46 cannons and was further protected by a convoy, which was carrying additional treasure and pilgrims back from the Mecca. These included the wives of important officials. After spotting Evry's fleet, the Mughal's convoy scattered, which proved to be a grave mistake. Evry continued to pursue them, but night stopped him. But in the morning, only two ships were in Evry's reach. The pirates caught up with the Fatah Muhammad, a smaller ship in the convoy, and took it over, but it was no small prize. The ship was boarded with a handsome 50,000 pounds worth of gold and silver, estimated 10 million pounds today, or 14 million American dollars. A fight then ensued with the larger and more heavily armed Gengisawa, but after two hours of battle, the ship succumbed to the pursuing pirates, after a cannon had taken out its main mass, and there was no longer hope in fleeing. Without strong leadership and with a heavily damaged ship, the crew of Gengisawa was forced to surrender. Survivors of both ships were tortured to reveal hidden treasures and the women passengers were raped. No doubt, the worst of humanity was on display. Pirates counted about 600,000 pounds of plunder gold, silver, and jewels, which meant each pirate received 1,000 pounds. At that time, the equivalent of an entire lifetime of wages. Of course, Every tried to deny the violence of the capture, but one of his crew members, John Sparks, gave a confession of the horrible atrocities to an official just before his execution in London in 1696. Under pressure from Emperor Aurangzeb to avenge the offenses against the Mughal Empire, the British government offered a 500-pound reward for each member of every pirate's crew. Naturally, the East India Company was concerned about the threat to trade if relations with the Mughal Empire soured. So they put up their own bounty, offering a thousand pounds per head. With all the pressure following him, Every was forced to disband his fleet of pirates in the spring of 1696 and decided it was time for him to retire. With the fancy and with the leftovers of his original crew, Henry sailed to the Caribbean. He attempted to buy a pardon from the governor of Jamaica, William Beeston, but he was not successful. The Grand Mogul offered another 500 pounds for the bounty on Every's head and he became an outlaw in the Caribbean and the English colonies. 14 of his crew were eventually arrested six of whom were hanged. It's believed now that Every left Jamaica and sailed for Rhode Island, spending several months hiding out in the American colonies. But the bounty on his head was too enticing, and Every decided his best bet was to flee to Ireland. He is believed to have changed his name then to Benjamin Bridgman. And somewhere around here could have also came the nickname Long Ben. Benjamin Bridgman was recorded as having landed in Ireland but then he simply vanished into obscurity. During the beginning of the 18th century, Henry Every was the focus of many conversations in Europe, but no one was certain whatever happened to him, though there were many theories, including one that portrayed him as actually having married the Grand Mogul's daughter and living out his life in lavish Indian places, or the one where he was swindled out of all of his fortune and lived out his life in poverty on the streets of London or that he retired happily and made a clean getaway, retiring somewhere to a simpler life. Or even that he established his own pirate colony off the coast of Madagascar, and it became the fabled colony of Libertalia. But that's for another episode.
All right, there you have it. The case of Henry Every, but or Avery. So much easier to say Avery. When you say yeah. Every, you're like, Every what? <laughs> yeah, it was annoying. Um, but I said Every because that's exactly how it's spelled, like the common spelling of Every. Um, yeah, I didn't know about this, but I did know a little bit about uh, Libertalia. Mm-hmm. Well, a little bit about the lore, but it was yeah. only because of a video game, <laughs> Uncharted 4. Um, you're basically exploring, the whole point is to get to Libertalia and explore this you know, treasure trove I'm using quotes here of pirate booty or whatever, whatever was left. Um, but like I said, that is folklore. Um, but there is evidence that a lot of pirates were on Madagascar. Yeah. But we don't know if, if it was a colony per se. Yeah. Right. It makes sense um, because of where it is. Yeah, it does mm-hmm. make sense. It does make sense that people would, they would at least hide out there. Maybe mm-hmm. it was a a stopping point among their 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 sailing you know what yeah. i mean a place of rest a place of refuge and it's beautiful mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying oh, so yeah. tropical island why not <laughs> right but um yeah this is the case of henry every or the life of what we could find um this was a suggestion from andy yep from andy on strange short so if you don't like it blame andy yep. right in and <laughs> be like andy that was garbage suggestion why don't you get some real good topics around here <laughs> no <laughs> no it was a fun one um I talk about it all the time. Um, I need a reprieve from missing persons and horrible cases, um, massacres like the one we did last week. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're if you're a bloodthirsty true crime listener, check out the Chino Hills massacre. Yeah, Um, that ought to that ought to fix you right up. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we want to do a history lesson in this one, and it's a fun one to talk about. It's like what happened to this guy? It's still unsolved. One of the most wanted people in Maybe the history of the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Probably yeah. one of the first ever like worldwide manhunts. That's what they consider it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had multiple countries um, with prices on his head yeah. as well as his crew. Um, but out of the the few ideas of what the way he lived his life, what do you think is most probable? Like having married the Grand Mogul's daughter, um, mm-hmm. lived out in poverty in London, got away and retired a simpler life or did he actually start libertalia i mean if you have to pick one Mm. or any of these i mean i i don't know i kind of think maybe he got away with it because um he was kind of smart in what he did he just yeah he got one big score he got all these guys together and he was like how hard was it to not get away let's just go after one ship and then you know it it was enough for each man to actually retire so yeah if he was smart then he just went somewhere he lived a quiet life the rest of his life and but uh, you know he is a he's a pirate so maybe he's not that smart and it's very possible that he got you know swindled out of whatever fortune he had left by the time he got back to europe possibly yeah i don't know i i just feel like i feel like he probably just went and left led a quiet life yeah. changed his name and probably went somewhere like, and, he's like 40 something by the time right this, this is over so yeah I'm that's like, like the equivalent yeah, of 60 like, now yeah why not just take your money and settle <laughs> it's down it's a hard life and, out in the open sea mm-hmm. in out in the sun i think it would elements. be really cool if like uh, genealogy would you know be I know we can't like actually get any of his DNA but if we could yeah. trace shit back that'd be awesome that'd be cool and we find out that someone's like actually descendants right that's what I think about with all these these uh these stories where people what 
run away to different lives or, you know, things right. like that. Especially here in America on the mm-hmm. East Coast because we knew we know he hid out over here on mm-hmm. the East Coast for a while. Yeah. Yeah, you they are I mean? they so. are just recently finding coins yeah. from from that um siege where he takes oh, over okay. the Indian ship. Yeah. Uh they're finding coins from that. Throughout oh the Carol, like from the Carolinas all the way up to Rhode Island, obviously where he oh was known to have been. I would love to have one of those. Yeah, so Just they one, right? well, they think that you know that's why they're here is because he was here. Yeah, and definitely. Like, well, but I'm like also at the same time I'm like he could have spread that. Well, he did spread them out in, between one, Jamaica and Bermuda and yeah. Caribbean, so it's possible that they were just traded till they got here when talking about one man there's plenty of places one man could hide out all up and down the east coast i mean north carolina has multiple islands Mm -hmm. off the coast south carolina like pretty much every east coast state has has a couple islands Mm -hmm. that are sitting off of it that you could park at and especially like i say in the late 1600s yeah nobody i mean right (laughs) it's just to me i'm like why didn't he just like hang out in the Americas, because at the time, the Americas are, you know, still in the early... Because they were English-owned colonies, and there was a price on his head from the English. I mean, but he goes back to Ireland. He's still surrounded by all the people that want to kill him. You see what I'm saying? I'm like, at least yeah. in the American colonies... Well, he didn't spend long in Ireland. Well, I mean, they said he fled back to Ireland, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And then from there, went back... I mean, why would you go back to England? Well, you mean like why would you go back to England run territories? Any of them. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he has some loose ends to tie up. Or because he wanted to be in a place where people spoke his language. His familiarity. Yeah, familiarity. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he thought if I, a name change and, you know, a haircut and I could hide out here. Right. Yeah. Doubtful. <laughs> Doubtful. Too many people saw your face. And then also too much, too many of his crew were, you know, probably tortured Mm -hmm. and questioned and i mean because a lot of his crew gave up the facts about that the main pillage i mean that's why we know so much 14 out of 100 though that's still that's pretty good odds most of them got away you think though or died they could have been killed in battle i I don't know i think a lot of them like he didn't lose no men in battle i mean he battled that one ship for two hours yeah but a lot of them would have slipped away because they have an entire lifetime's worth of funds no doubt you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's I would what be getting off the next stop. I'd be so, like, oh. yeah, so many of them were like, "I'm out, I'm <laughs> yeah. done." It's been a good run, fellas, but uh, this is where you yep. this is where you cut ties. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but I mean, greed led them to this this whole thing. So that's the only thing that makes me think that they would continue to do shit. That and also, I feel like pirates are they're some of the first versions of organized crime. Yeah. Whereas people in organized crime, it's not that easy to get out. Yeah, but for it's a lot the 1600s, of reasons, hundreds, like you said, jump on a boat, change your name. Yeah, that's true. He did it. <laughs> that's true. I always think about Frank Abagnale, the catch me if you can guy, yeah. who operated in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And he got away with shit for so long just by being confident. Yeah. And just freaking, like, it, the amount of forged checks this man wrote to himself. Mm-hmm. And this was in the 70s. Yeah. It's like, imagine the type of cons you could pull off in the 1700s. Right. It's like before the invention of lying. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but either way, this is a fun history lesson. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, here in the Carolinas, we hear a lot about Blackbeard, right? He's our most mm-hmm. popular uh, 
pirate, which we've done a Sandu stories based on the life of Blackbeard, which was which was really fun where my dad played Blackbeard. Oh, yeah. So if you guys want to check that out, check that out on patreon.com slash true crime guys. But um yeah. I kind of hinted to uh, doing an episode on Libertalia at the end of the main part here, and I still might do that. I'm I'm pretty fascinated with that. I would like to know a little bit more about the lore mm-hmm. uh, of Libertalia. If if there are, you know, what are what are the details that lead people to believe it's true? Because there still are a large group of people who believe that this colony existed, yeah. one way or another. But I just feel like it wasn't really that long ago. You. you this it would have had to have been developed early 1700s throughout. It's like there would still be something left of it, right? I don't know if it was more like a like a like a colony we're thinking of. I mean, 300 years ago, it was, it was not more even that just far. like a temporary thing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because I mean, you're talking about a time where slavery was normal and stuff too. So they're smuggling slaves and stuff out. Right. I feel like yeah, it's very possible that they were there at least at least temporary. Right. They wouldn't have built like brick brick structures on right. the island. And it, you know? and it probably wasn't this pirate utopia no. full of money and I, I mean, good it's times. pirates. You're not going to have a utopia. Right. You're gonna, I mean, yeah. every man for himself, you know. To a certain extent. What yeah. kind of town could really flourish from that? There's a pirate code. How dare you? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, guys. Well, that's our opinions. That's And that's what we found on old Henry Avery. So let's check in with Lauren and see what he found in this week's Lauren Synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like. Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here. You're getting my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. Henry Every, also known as Long Ben to his crewmen, yar! He was a pirate who, in the late 1600s, had a two-year run that was so epic that he would later be dubbed the Arch Pirate and the King of Pirates. And he basically became so famous due to one raid, this infamous raid on September 7th, 1695, when he and some other pirates took down a 25-ship convoy of the Grand Mughal vessels, making their annual great pilgrimage to Mecca. And this, these ships were so treasure laden with just all sorts of different jewels and gold, uh, metals and all sorts of things. The equivalent of like a hundred million dollars in 2022. Um, just basically the, the hall of a lifetime, the rate of a lifetime, and what's so interesting about him is that he got away with it. You know, you, we know how this goes. Usually when you go into a life of crime like this, um, it, it doesn't end well. You either get killed or you get imprisoned or executed or whatever. But this guy, he had an amazing two-year run and then he kind of disappeared into obscurity. And it's not really 100% known what happened to him. Some say that he be, ultimately became poor, got robbed by someone in a jewel deal, and ended up living out his life as a poor man in England. Um, we know he spent some time in the Americas. Uh, we know he was a part of the uh, Atlantic slave trade for a minute there. Um, definitely not a good guy. Um, but also, I think it's kind of incredible that he uh, didn't let greed overtake him and like just didn't become... Uh, didn't, you see it so often with criminals where they just can't stop doing what they're doing. They get, become addicted to it. Um, but he had this massive score and kind of got out of things and who knows ultimately i mean he could have lived out 
a nice life somewhere. Um, and, and it's only speculation that he ended up dying kind of a peasant in, in, uh, England. I don't think we'll ever really know what became of him, uh, in his later years, but it is pretty amazing that he was never captured, even though there was these big bounties put on him for that massive score that he got. Of course, he pissed a lot of countries off, uh, with, with that big raid that he did. And what a life it must've been being a pirate. It sounds, it sounds intriguing. Uh, just doing as you please, going where you please, taking what you want, um, really monstrous behavior, but most of history is that way. I think I've brought that up on many occasions on this show and our other show. Um, that's just history is just filled with violence and greed and all of the worst traits in human beings were on display throughout history and pirates were that all encapsulated into single people like this guy, Henry Every, who is just a fascinating character of history. And there's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of folklore with him. Who knows what he was really, truly like. We just know some things that this guy did. And there's like paintings uh, of what he might have looked like and things like that because you're talking about the 17th century. But um, super fun to, to read about him, learn about him. That that massive heist is, is, is pretty incredible that they managed to take down that convoy. Um, and the fact that he just kind of uh, rode off into the sunset, if you will. Um, and it's kind of fun to speculate and imagine what he might have done in his later years who knows but uh yeah that's my thoughts hope you guys enjoy it see you next time it's time for lauren all right lauren thank you very much for that synopsis sir and yeah guys uh it's really hard to find out anything more about henry every and we have put um all the sources down below everything that we used um, and yeah, so if you're more into this, if you're more into learning some more about Libertalia, all the sources below, you can check that out. And if you guys, if you enjoyed this show and you want to support this podcast, please consider joining Patreon at patreon.com slash true crime guys. That's patreon.com slash true crime guys. And for just five bucks a month, you can get access to everything we make on true crime guys productions and early release to every early releases, um, to everything that we release on the free platforms. And also, a little-known fact, if you're only interested in the Sandu content, you can check out patreon.com slash podcast, and for just $3 a month, you can get early access as well as access to Strange Shorts and Sandu Stories as well every single week. All right? Well, that's about it, guys. Uh, go give us a follow on social media at Podcast at True Crime Guys. Also, check out the True Crime Guys YouTube channel. Uh, where every episode of True Crime Guys proper is up there with video and pictures and me and Lauren and all that good stuff. All right? So we'll see you guys next week with a new... No, we will not, actually. Next week is Christmas week, and there will be no episode. We are taking Christmas week off. So we'll see you guys in two weeks, all right, before the first of the year. Uh, Until then, just keep being strange. Just don't be strangers. See ya.
please feel free to check out all the other programs on the TCG network. Every Wednesday, a new episode of True Crime Guys proper, Strange and Unexplained on Mondays, and Full House Fantasy Football on Fridays to start your weekend. If those aren't enough, head on over to our Patreon account, where you can have access to hundreds of hours of content, including older episodes and other Patreon exclusives like Strange Shorts, Sandu Stories, Higher Thoughts, and the 5-Minute Murder Show. But until next time, guys, keep creeping. How do you you shut this thing off? Over? Over?